Test, test, one, two, three. You know who I be. It's your boy, Moral SP. Welcome to Embrace More. I'm here with the homie Carl. Welcome to season three. This is the first topic that we are jumping into in season three. We're going to discuss, we're going to discuss neighborhood bias. Carl. Are you ready for this, bro? Like, I'm excited. <laughs> this is like it's nerve-wracking, yeah. but I'm excited too. So let's let's go ahead and get into our big facts segment. Again, the big facts segment is uh, where either me or Carl will shout out people, organizations, or events happening already, making a difference here in Richmond, Virginia. So, Carl. Who's this shout out? Going first to shout today? out for season three goes out to Taylor Scott and RVA Community Fridges. I don't recall if we've shouted them out before, but do want to give them a, a huge shout out. And so RVA Community Fridges is a kind of like a mutual aid, but around food access and nutrition. And what Taylor has done, she has planted refrigerators in neighborhoods where there's low access to food or food deserts. And the the premise is you take what you need and give what you can. And it's free food. Um, there's everything from fresh vegetables to prepared meals, uh, snacks, uh, and things like that. And even some, uh, some peripheral items like uh, female care, feminine care, um, some other knees and toiletries um, at some of the the sites where they had the, the community fridges. It's really, it's really cool. So they've grown quite a bit. They, had, they started off with one refrigerator outside of what used to be Pomona Plants in Church Hill. Now it is all over the city. So you can see it at some churches, at some other businesses, tattoo parlors, some random places. And uh, what they've done is they've partnered with restaurants, local urban farms, where some uh, of them are donating some of the vegetables and some are donating prepared meals so that they uh, so that people in these these communities can really get the food uh, they need and even some of the other needs uh, met. So they're RVA Community Fridges. It's RVA Community Fridges on Instagram, and you can follow them. They're they're updating often when they have a new refrigerator come out, and they update the the conditions of the refrigerators, and even when they're fully stocked, or even when there's a need for food. So if you need food, you can go to the one of the fridges. But if you have you know an abundance. And you are feeling compelled to give, definitely donate to one of their fridges. Wow. Yo, big shout out to Taylor, yo. Big facts. Wow. Keep up the good work. The awesome work. The great work. Awesome. Well, now we get into our main squeeze for today's episode. Is that like a big hug? This is part. Yeah, it's a big hug. This is embrace more. So we're embracing these topics. Um, So in this segment, we talk about the main chunk of the topic. And uh, this is our intro episode for the neighborhood bias topic. And first off, I guess we should discuss why is this even important? Like, why is this an important thing um, to even be talking about? And I can go first. Uh, So like, I I for one don't like... I've seen both mm-hmm. sides of the track, I would say. 
Um, I'm from Northwest DC, back when DC was still considered Chocolate City. And, you know, I, I remember, uh, you know, on a, you know, down the street, you know, on a corner of my street um, was, you know, a liquor store. Um, I, I just remember all of these, like certain things in my neighborhood um, that, you know, were either scary mm. at times or um, just kind of dangerous in certain places. Um, and I always wondered, like, wow, like, you know, is this it? It wasn't until I moved to Richmond, Virginia, where I saw the suburbs, you know, uh, where you get in your car, you pull out your driveway, and you drive a little bit, and you may see a gas station, you may see, you know, a 7-Eleven, you may see mm-hmm. a CVS, you know, and stuff like that. And not that DC doesn't have these things, because they do, but it looks different. It's in different places. Um, and even in Richmond, in a lot of areas, uh, a lot of people don't have access to those things. In DC, we were doing a lot of walking. We would use the metro station, you know, the metro train or the metro bus and stuff like that. And we weren't just hopping in our cars and, you know, we didn't have a driveway or anything like that. You know, street parking, you know, this is city. It's a city versus the suburbs, obviously. But I think it's important that people that live in different areas of the city are allotted different resources than other people. And it's important to figure out why that is. Like, that's important, you know, at least to me. Like, that's important to figure well, why is that? Why is it that they have to live that way and others get to live mm-hmm. another way, you know? Um, why can't we all share the same resources? Why can't we all be allotted the same normal things that allow us to live? Um, so, yeah, that's what I think. What do you think? Why is this important to you, Carl? Uh, so, it is important to me. So, I didn't have the same background or upbringing as dom but my family before me my my family's from chicago my mother from the south side my father from the west side of chicago and i grew up going there and you know my mother was in the hood my father wasn't quite the hood but it had diminished quite a bit um over the time that he lived there and even since um he lived there but um, where I grew up was in a, a bedroom town to D.C. about, I don't know, an hour. Now it's like two, three hours from D.C. because of traffic. Um, but then I moved to Richmond and I saw a lot of things. Um, and even since I've been here, I've seen a lot of change and even a lot of the bias I think we're trying to address here toward or favor toward certain areas and certain people and certain socioeconomical statuses when it comes to the neighborhoods they live in. Richmond is a pretty diverse town. It's gone through so many changes since civil war, since civil rights, since this this booming age of technology and where people can work from anywhere and we have all this access to access to so much information. And it doesn't take much to see a different side of town. You can cross your street and it's potentially, you know, air quotes, dangerous neighborhood. 
versus you know a neighborhood that's deemed safe and people have a solid sense of community that they're happy to promote um that other side of the street has a sense of community it just looks different and um and people regard it differently yeah so I've I'm really curious to see what we learn here. Um, since I've been in Richmond, I, I've been learning quite a bit about this and trying to help the the outcomes when it comes to this. So, yeah, most definitely. Um, so talking about this, obviously, you know, this is the first part. This is the intro yeah. episode of the topic, y'all. So Carl and I have not researched anything. Like, we're just discussing the topic from from what we know and can kind of pull from uh, stories and stuff like that in memory. Um, in our previous episode, I did share a story about um, some friends wanted to see the poverty in Richmond because we were in a really nice area on Hull Street, very far west. And got in my car, we drove down Hall Street going east, and they could see the um, the change over a couple of blocks. And um, it definitely hit them. Um, so I think one of the things I would like to to learn, or I, I guess my, my big question for us to even attack right now is, uh, what are we hoping to learn? Like, what's what's some questions that we have going into it? And I think one of my questions is, what informs a person uh, to like to like to where to settle? Like, what do people look for when settling mm-hmm. into a neighborhood? Um, I, I would know just from doing some Zillow. Some Zillow. Myself, <laughs> some Zillow, some Zillow, Zillow, and some other Redfin and stuff like that. I know that they definitely make sure to tell you, or like they make sure to tell you schools, mm-hmm. like what schools yeah. are nearby. And the schools have a rating, by the way. They like rates the school on how how well mm-hmm. or good they are uh, on these apps. So, ding, (laughs) the school system where you're buying a house or settling definitely makes a difference. Um, That's one thing I guess I can grasp. (laughs) What are some other things Uh, you think, Carl? Like, what do you think people look for? I think people are looking for safety, sense of community, access, whether it be to some of the, the, the common needs for food, for services, um, yeah safety sense of community access access yeah, to education health yeah educate so maybe the you know the hellenistic things in our culture is still very yeah, much a part entertainment of it. <laughs> you know like edu- mm-hmm. entertainment education health um all of those yeah. things that makes sense i guess that makes sense uh and again, just a cl- disclaimer, y'all. We are discussing this just off of our top of our head, as far as what we think we know, because um, we can be very wrong. Actually, I kind of hope I'm wrong so I can be corrected. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I think for me, Carl, I I instantly kind of want to go to it's systematic, like <laughs> you know, um, because in lower economic mm-hmm. areas are predominantly minority 
But even when I say minority, I kind of have to say black and brown people. Like I have to say black and Latino. Yeah. Um, because a lot of times in the more rich areas of the city, you see, you know, uh, East Indians. You see, um, you know, mm-hmm. Asian families. Um, and obviously, they I'm not taking away from anybody's hard work or anything. You know, obviously, you know, people's work ethic, what they get into, what they go after, it allots them a life full of the American dream. I'm not taking that away from anybody. I'm not saying anything about those things. But when I say minority, um, you tend to not see those minorities in lower economic areas. It tends to be, um, you know, African-American mm-hmm. and Latino. Um and in these areas, what really gets to me is the same things that got to me about D.C. when I was living there is that, you know, you see a lot more liquor stores and they're not ABC. They're package liquor stores, stores. Right? They're just package stores. Uh, you know, um, you know, you see a lot more check cashing places where people can come with their their check from work instead of getting direct deposit they can just cash their check. And it's like, well, how much are they, like, that doesn't really perpetuate saving if there's no bank involved. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if that's necessarily positive. I haven't thought about that. Place, you know? Um, because if, usually when you cash a check and your check mm-hmm. is now cash, you're most likely gonna spend all of that. You know, and and granted, people have bills. They might spend all of their check. Like, let's be real. You know, yeah, they have to, right? Um, You see a lot more beauty supply stores, off-brand beauty supply. You see a lot more clothing and uh, you know fashion, but they're not like Macy's. You know, they're not like uh, outlet stores. These are. Um, very much I'm trying not to use the word cheap Carl mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to use a different word than that because it's not it's not cheap but it's very much like small businesses it's small, it's small business but mom it's, and pop my, not even mom and pop because I love mom and pops mm-hmm. I'll give you an example I remember going to one of these stores and I'm not going to name oh. the store y'all so calm down out there I've gone yeah. to one of the stores and the I material that I bought yeah. I bought a pair of jeans I bought a pair of jeans I'm big and tall and the material it, it, it ripped in a day it ripped in a day and I was just like well I know I'm a big guy but I'm not that big you know like you know and it's just I think about the quality of clothing, you know, um, and I get it. Families there maybe have to buy four or five pairs of jeans at a time. So they need it cheaper. Right. I I completely get it and empathize with that. But I'm thinking about the quality of the clothes and how long they really last. You know, you don't see stores that carry suits. You don't see stores that carry like nice attire, mm-hmm. business attire in these neighborhoods. You see clothing stores that carry jeans, 
t-shirts, dresses, halter tops, tube tops, you know, skinny jeans. You see a lot more shoe stores. Um, and this is the thing. It, there's no problem with a lot of these businesses, except the fact that you don't see them anywhere else. When you go west in the city, you see a lot more chain, hardcore, trustworthy businesses. You know, you see a lot more restaurants, family mm-hmm. restaurants. You know, even just mentally going up and down Broad Street, you know, or Hull Street or Ironbridge, any any big, large street that goes east and west or north and south, to be honest, um, like Parham. But you see more neighbors, neighborhoods, you know, like you see more community neighbors, you see more schools in places that have, you know, or just nicer schools, you know, and I guess some people may say, well, old Dom, like that's the difference with what you're seeing is the difference between city and yeah. sub- suburbia. And I don't I don't know if that's true, bro. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't know if that's the only difference. I don't think city has to look like that. Yeah, um, I. I agree. I don't think city has to look like what we what what we're experiencing as the city of Richmond. Um, it certainly does lend itself to its history. So as you know, it's, Historically, city planners plotted out city of Richmond in a certain way, and not much of that can be easily changed without a lot of expense or public opinion. And what we have here now um, and what you were describing is movement from those areas or, you know, just lack of attention financially or uh, uh, or legal legislation wise in those areas and we can think of the neighborhoods you know the the neighborhoods that often end in court around the city um those tend to be neglected and have those types of businesses around them and i was, I was really wondering where you were going when you were describing the business but when you started to describe the their offering and the material and um i see that yeah and the reason why those businesses, my assumption, the reason why they have those, why those businesses have that offering is because they knew who, who they're, they're following. They knew who their customer is and the customer can't afford much and probably the business owner can't afford much. So they have to sell and, and, you know, less quality materials and have, uh, have that be what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is, um, I'm glad we started off with this one because this is it a is. challenging topic because even of myself, to be honest, you know, when I think about or thought about where I wanted to settle, I mean, I don't think I'm currently living in where I want to quote unquote settle. Um, but, you know, I will be, like I said, you know, we've, we've been looking for houses and stuff I and mean, we're not moving anytime soon, but um, at some point, you know, looking for an area to start a family is important. And I want to be fair to people, mm-hmm. especially listeners out there that has family. You know, it's, it's we're not saying that it's not important to be 
uh, mindful or just just to be like intelligent about where you choose to live. Um, I'm not making any excuses for any side of town. This is not a podcast about trying to uh, convince you to move to the city. You know, like (laughs) that's not what the problem is, I I think, or that's not what this is about. I think this is just more about um, discussing or just talking about something that gets swept under the rug the layout of our city and where people are choosing to live. Because what what on the other end of this is what happens is gentrification happens on the other end of this. What happens is those those places that didn't nobody want to live at first, as soon as they start building high rise condos and a Target and a Starbucks gets planted there and they build a school, then everybody wants to live there. And then they changed the whole culture and outlook of the city that was there. It's happening yeah. to D.C. right now. That's the other end of it. So I have to, you know, it's just I have to analyze. You didn't want to live here at first, but now you do. And what does that do to the people that have been living there? Shouldn't don't they deserve to stay there when it starts to pop? Don't they deserve to reap the fruits of the land that they have been living? Once once they get all the resources moving there, don't they deserve to stay there and enjoy that? I think that's the issue I think I have. So, you know, I, I get it. You know, you want to find a good school for your kids. I, you know, people want to live where there's, you know, it's easy access and all the stuff we kind of mm-hmm. named at first, Carl. But. I think the issue is there are other people that don't get to enjoy the same type of lifestyle because then they don't they they don't have access to the same yeah. resources and and yeah that can be changed and, uh, you said it like some people don't have a choice and uh, yeah. that contributes to the lack of care and the conditions of a neighborhood or a community uh, like a geographical community and because they they can't choose they really either have to stay and they don't have much say in what happens when they stick around um, because of you know rules and uh, around public housing um, and this is all based off of light research or, you know, reading that I've done. But when it comes to people who do have a choice, they often move to their, in their, in their own terms, favorable conditions. We've seen that with schools in Richmond, um, people trend I've seen, even in the, was it 12 years that I've been in Richmond, families will start here in Richmond in the city proper and then move just outside of the city um, because the schools are favorable in North Chesterfield or Bonaire or in Henrico County. Um, so that's, that's what it becomes. It's that tax base starts going toward the, the peripheral areas around the city and, and not in the city itself. Yeah, there's a, I mean, (laughs) 
And then when I think about, you know, uh, it just reeks of segregation. In the sense of not necessarily Mm -hmm. color, but class, social status. And then you just have a generation. I mean, I work with kids, so you have a generation of kids who know one way of life and they know how life goes and they they kind of grow it with this this knowledge of what they think life is like but then you have other people who grew up in a completely different way because of where they where they come from and they have a totally different outlook on life and I guess, you know, if, if I have a hypothesis, I don't know, we both can have one or not. If I if I can have going into the next episodes where we're going to be sitting in a chair learning and asking questions, I think, I think that the makeup of a neighborhood or where a person chooses to settle or uh, like where a person ends up settling dictates their worldview. If I live here, then I will most mm-hmm. likely think mm-hmm. this way. Yeah. Now that sounds very like blanket statement me. <laughs> but I I I think I like that hypothesis. Because what it says is if I live somewhere and I'm not picking on anybody specifically, I'm just trying to make a point. If I come from Wyndham, that's, you know, Northwest. What's Wyndham like? Wyndham, you know, big houses. I think there's it's, it's a gated community, so it's very private. Um, it's, you know, suburbia. So there's big houses, driveways. Um, I believe there's a school within the gated community. And there's some there's some businesses or so that are within like you don't even have to come out of quote unquote mm-hmm. Wyndham to get to some resources already. But you know, just you know, your grocery stores and stuff like that, it's just a short drive Starbucks. outside of the gate. Starbucks, <laughs> all of that. <laughs> and um so you know, the the mall, you know, short I mean short pump town center is mm-hmm. you know right down the street you know and why and, is it you know, right down the street from them? right why is it right down the street I need somebody mm-hmm. to come teach me about that <laughs> but, um, but if I'm from Wyndham I'm going to think a certain like that's going to inform my world view having Resources allotted to me. That's going to inform my worldview. I'm not trying to call anybody evil here or anything. I'm just saying that coming from Wyndham, you're going to have one worldview. You're going to see the world yeah. in a certain way. You're going to see people in a certain way because your life has taught you that things ought to be this way. It's the same exact thing if, if I come from Jackson Ward or Highland Park. Shout out to them. I love y'all. I got friends from there, friends that have lived and gone from those places. I'm not talking bad about it. I'm just trying to be honest about these yeah. these areas. 
coming from there, you're going to have a worldview about how things work and how the world is, how the world ought to be and how you see things. And that worldview is going to combat or be totally opposite of the worldview coming from Wyndham. That's my point. Solid. So (laughs) that's my hypothesis, Carl. I think where we come from informs our worldview or the the resources that we're allotted from where we're from. It's going to inform our worldview. Yeah. And also wanted to say that, I mean, I'm speaking about Richmond in particular, um, but there's poor people of every race. I want to be fair. Like, we're, like I said, like we said last episode, we've, we've dropped the matters of race for a reason because we're encompassing a lot more than just mm-hmm. race issues. Um, but there are poor people of every race. And um, there's, you know, poor white people that come from a certain area. It, like, I think people's worldview is definitely informed by the resources they're allotted when wherever they live. So or wherever they grow up and live. So that is, that's what I think going into the next episode there. And uh, I see Carl nodding. So I believe he agrees with me. Um, I I totally agree. I think (laughs) their background informs what they'll do next. Um, Well, actually that's just, in my in my opinion, that's yeah. that's psychology. But yeah, uh, <laughs> but as far as like, where yeah. they will go and what they will do, um, I know it's more complex than that, and I think we can dive into that uh, a bit more. And people are going to work really hard, yeah, to have better or safe outcomes. So I like your hypothesis. Yeah, my hypothesis definitely, um, I think it eludes, it alludes to our conversation about privilege. Yeah. It alludes to it. But hey, th- this is just what we, what we thinking here. Y'all, we can be completely wrong and I'm open to being wrong. I actually made sure I spoke boldly and clearly just so people can be like, let's pull up the clip where Dom said this. <laughs> You're wrong, bro. Hmm. <laughs> bring, bring it on, bro. I need it. Um, so uh, that's what we know, y'all. Uh, thanks for rocking. Uh, please, you know, check us out on Instagram at embrace underscore podcast and let us know what you know. Uh, chime in on the topic. That way uh, you can just kind of go on this journey with us. So if you want to just uh, send us a message, uh, we'll definitely shout you guys out or uh, we'll make sure there's a post where you can um, chime in on. But let us know what you know. Let us know what you think, your uh, assumptions about uh, neighborhood bias. Um, so thank you guys for rocking with us and we'll see you on the next episode.